Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Forgiving college debt. Special coverage on KSL News Radio. Yeah, in studio here at Broadcast House, uh, sitting with Taylor Morgan today, who is a co host of KSL at Night, uh, watching the monitors, the national news media staged outside of the Supreme Court of the United States um, because there are. There were arguments this morning. I'm not clear if those arguments are still going on regarding uh, President Biden's student loan uh, forgiveness program, but they've started at 8 o'clock our time. They're supposed to go two hours, and then everybody's like, hey, they're going to go longer than that. Um, but protests going on at the at the courthouse outside as well, Taylor. And I, this, this program, this has fascinated me for many reasons. One reason being is that I'm not sure that folks who felt like they were going to have their debt forgiven, how they cannot be angry at the Biden administration yeah. right now yeah. for leaving them in limbo with the announcement. And here we are months later, we still don't have any loans forgiven. Well, and I think they should be angry at the Biden administration. I, I don't want to be too critical of President Biden. I, as a Republican, I'll admit I voted for him. But I think the problem is here he tried to score political points by doing this as an executive order rather than fighting through the process of congressional action on this. And let's compare the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, right? That was passed by Congress, and it wasn't easy. But it has been – it is upheld, been upheld by the courts. It has stood the test of time. Uh, I believe because because it was passed and fought. It went through the process. And this executive order, at least in my opinion, I see it as a shortcut to score political points. And I don't believe it will it will hold up. Well, politically, in my view, it was very odd timing. Um, I mean, we were still years. I mean, maybe just a little bit uh, a few months in in front of the midterms. Still, though, yeah. years out from a presidential election year. A week and, after I paid off my last student and, loan, by the way, speaking of odd timing. Yeah. Right. That was fun. So you I mean, look, I wouldn't have qualified <laughs> right. maybe or ultimately we may not. Or, no one may get forgiveness. Anyway, I'm just this saying, Deb. That works, there was, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that I, was a fun I, moment. I yeah. just paid off my student loan debt. And now the president makes this announcement. That was in your head. Yeah. Hashtag thanks, Biden. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, Greg Scordis, KSL legal analyst. That's hilarious, first of all. <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that would happen to me. So I'm glad to know that I'm in I'm in good company with your bad luck, Taylor. True, true story, Debbie. I actually made that payment on my phone upstairs during a KSL at night recording. 
And, and to, I like, prove a point. Uh, to prove a point in front of Carlos, <laughs> our producer, and Mara Carabello, my co-host, I literally hit the last payment, and I said, "Watch this! I'm going to make this payment next week. They're going to announce loan forgiveness." And true story, it happened. <laughs> Greg scored as KSL legal analyst, also quite often a host of KSL at night. I, I would I would say meet Taylor Morgan, but I know I know the two of you know each other. Hi, Greg. It's Greg. We're glad hey, to, we're glad to have you joining us so early uh, in the day. Uh, so walk us through. Uh, kind of the nuts and bolts. So get, get us just down to the Reader's Digest version of what, it's actually, I think, two cases uh, that the court is hearing today. That's correct. There were actually six lawsuits filed by uh, six different states. Two have worked their way up to the Supreme Court, and they're all essentially the same thing, which is uh, these loan forgiveness uh, agencies that are that are either sponsored through or working through the state have claimed that the Biden administration exceeded its authority under what they what the Biden administration used as the as the Heroes Act uh, to for, to instigate this program and, and the the states have alleged well wait a minute they've made, basically made the same argument that Taylor just made which is Congress should have done this or the administration should have at least run it up the flagpole and at least tried to get it through Congress before they went ahead and made this really broad uh, brush uh, excuse of, of millions and millions of dollars of student loans. I right. mean, the number of people and the amount of money that's involved here is just is, is, is huge. Yeah. It's like 40 million Americans. I think at one point we put the figure for Utahns at about 300,000 and it would be like, Three hundred thousand and one, except for Taylor over here. <laughs> well, we're talking four hundred billion dollars. That is the cost to taxpayers, to the rest of us that aren't benefiting from this. Greg, I, I wonder too if some of this argument will go to. And I unfortunately didn't get a chance to listen to as much of it as I would have liked to have. Uh, I wonder if it's also going to go to just the unfairness of it that some people qualify. Uh, because of a certain income threshold of 125,000, 250 if you're married, but then you don't if you make like 25,000, 125,000 and 100 dollars or something like that. There's there's got to be some of that layered in to these states' arguments. Uh, am I am I off base on that? No, you're exactly right. And in fact, I think even that the liberals on the court are concerned about how much money is involved here. The conservatives. If, if you listen to some of the arguments that are going on today, have been concerned about the the uh, authority of the Biden administration to do this and the way they went about it. But even the liberals are like, wait a minute, this is, as Taylor indicated, we're talking about billions of dollars and, and potentially millions of borrowers who are affected by this. And to just kind of come in with this random uh, $125,000 individual can get up to $20,000 of excuse yeah. of their yeah. student loans. And it's just, uh, I mean, uh, I know the Biden administration probably had the best of intentions here, but the way the way they went about it, uh, I think, from all accounts, is is probably not going to be held up by the Supreme Court here. Yeah, yeah, I, I I know, Greg. My experience with student loans, I I took out my student loans in the early two thousands uh, in order to do some internships and pursue graduate school, and I remember going through. The hours of financial literacy training, the disclosures, the paperwork, mm. it, there, there was no lack of clarity 
on what I should expect as a ba- borrow and into. what I was getting myself into. And I look, the cost of higher education is a separate conversation that we need to have. Yeah. And it's out of control. But these borrowers, they knew exactly what they were doing. And look, I guess I'm an old man now, and I'm in my 40s, and I just want to say pay your bills. Pay your bills. Greg, when do you think we'll have a decision from the Supreme Court? You know, I think that there there were so many really important uh, arguments that are going on at the Supreme Court right now on so many issues, mm-hmm. uh, in, including, uh, you know, student loan forgiveness, um, you know, uh, the the fact that certain educators, certain colleges have to use uh, criteria to allow students into their college and other things, we're probably looking at either June, July, or August wow. before an opinion comes out wow. on this. Okay. So summer. Uh, Greg Scord is KSL legal analyst and also a host of KSL at Night. Thanks for jumping on the line with Taylor and I. Taylor Morgan in today for Dave Noriega. Uh, and, and let's get into the conversation and get calls, Taylor, straight ahead. Um, regarding, I see, I just don't feel like unless you have the support of your parents or a family member, going to college is financially within reach. U of U, $9,300 a year for tuition. You multiply that out by four years, or in your case, you were said you were on the six-year plan. Because I was working. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, maybe it just, it won't. And I'm not a doctor. Right, yeah. Um, But I think, just my experience in paying for my daughter's uh, last few years up at the University of Utah, that's probably for the the the, the less com- complex type of degrees because we just paid, I think, two classes in a lab. Uh, her father and I just paid about $4,500 for two classes in the mm. lab in her final semester. That's just yeah. a final semester tuition, tuition bill. So what's the plan? What's your plan? Well, we – the day – my kids were born. I have two boys. I have a 12-year-old. I have a 7-year-old. Literally, the within days of their birth, I opened a 529 college savings plan for oh. both of them and started making just regular monthly deposits yeah. automatically through uh, you know direct debit, and we forgot about it. And they now each have nearly $20,000 saved up. For college, is... and my oldest is only 12 years old. Okay. So a little bit consistent over up. time okay. adds up. And look, college will probably not get any cheaper by the time they go, but I feel like we're, we'll be in a good place to help them out. Well, you're not you're not quite halfway there. Yeah, there's a lot more to go. <laughs> okay. So I want to ask our listeners. So you may be thinking, you know what, they're going to pay, pay your own way. Just pay off those. Get a scholarship. I just don't think it's, well, get a scholarship. Okay. But that is... Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. 
Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody's going to be eligible for, for a scholarship. So I just don't think that it's, it's, it's logical financially uh, right now to afford college without taking out a student loan if you're on your own. Yeah, that's uh, probably true. Okay. So let me ask our listeners to call in. Um, will you make your kids pay for college, whether it's work through college, uh, money they saved up mowing lawns uh, summer after summer, or a scholarship or a student loan? Are you going to make your kids foot the bill for college? 801-575-TALK. Taking your calls in three minutes. That special coverage with Dave Dijanovic. Talking about uh, forgiving college debt as the Supreme Court of the United States is probably wrapping up arguments and listening to arguments right now um, by some plaintiffs who have brought cases through the courts uh, that have ended up in the laps of the justices to decide whether President Biden has overstepped his legal authority uh, through executive order to um, enact a student loan forgiveness program. Uh, $20,000 down to $10,000 of forgiveness, kind of depending on what your income status was at the time you took out these loans. And it sounds like from our conversation with KSL legal analyst Taylor Greg Scordis that it's going to be summer before folks know where the Supreme Court will land on this. Um, But you and I wanted to get into the broader conversation about, you know, you're raising kids and they want to go to college. And uh, my my worry is, it's just I look at this number. If you send them to the University of Utah at like ten thousand dollars a year, let's just say for tuition, depending on what degree they get or they pursue. And then you have they're not living in your home. They're living outside your home, but they can't get accommodations on campus. So it's 15 grand a year probably in the low end, for them to live in an apartment off campus, you're looking at that four-year bachelor's degree in the neighborhood of a hundred grand or more, or they are looking at that. And I don't think they can do that. I mean, I suppose if your 19-year-old has this like $100,000 a year job right out of high school, they can do it. I don't think they can do that without a student loan. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, this is not... Look, it's it's certainly complicated, and I have mixed feelings on this. On one hand, I, I don't know that everyone should go to college. I don't know that everyone has to go to college. Uh, but then I also feel like everybody who wants to go to college should be able uh, to, to go to college. And part of the problem is a lot of times we get a degree that doesn't translate to a job or a career. And so that's difficult. We, we tend to talk about higher education in a very vocational way, and I think that's good. But on the other hand, I think we all have to be willing to acknowledge that part of the benefit of going to college is having experiences, being around people that are different than you, uh, maybe challenging your critical thinking skills and uh, being willing to rethink some of your uh, worldviews or assumptions, right? Well, speaking of critical thinking skills, I I don't have any... um, you know, any goals to be a software developer, but I had to learn how to create a software program as part of my degree path at Arizona State University. And trust me, I sat in that computer lab for for days trying to figure it out. But when I figured it out and it actually ran and I got it, I mean, look, I, I agree with you on the college experience. The issue 
that I think a lot of our kids are going to be facing is the eye-popping cost of college. Let's bring in Scott. Uh, he's live on the line right now. Scott, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Kaysville. So what is your take on uh, are your kids paying for college, or, or are you going to help them foot the bill? Well, when they were born, they didn't come up with the paperwork saying that I had to pay for college for them. So uh, when I was growing up, it was you get a scholarship and you go to school. And so that's what I've encouraged my kids to do is to whatever they can do to find a scholarship. But uh, they're adults. That's their responsibility now. That's their responsibility. Well, I'm going to push back on you a little bit. I mean, there's there's look, they don't come out with paperwork at all except for, you know, a birth certificate. So I it's. You know, that's your take. I, I did pay for my kids uh, a significant portion. I think two of my kids got uh, sports scholarships, so that paid for a good swath of that. Yeah. Uh, but not but not all. I mean, we ended up, you know, you end up paying for housing and food costs. And, and we were, I was happy to do that for my kids. Um, but everybody makes yeah. a different yeah. choice, right? Yeah. And you did a 529, and you said that's taken off and, and really made your kids a lot of a lot of interest along the way. Yeah, but I don't know. I, after talking to Scott, maybe like, I'll cash like, that in and like, look, kid, uh, go on you did a nice not vacation. come out with any paperwork. Jana from Stansbury Park, uh, what are you counseling your kids on in terms of, the, of paying for college? Hi, um, I have a senior right now in high school, and I've made sure that he has a trade. So we've encouraged him to go to the toilet tech here and uh, learn welding. So he's learning uh, a trade that he can help himself uh, put him, himself through college when he can. So so he'll get the trade, uh, the certification in welding, and then he can work as a welder. And if he chooses to go get a bachelor's degree in finance or something, maybe whatever it is, he will use that skill to put himself through college. That's right. Yes, he can do part-time welding and part-time yeah. school any way he uh, he wants to do it. But I think yeah. it's important for our kids to have a trade yeah. to fall back on, even if they get a degree. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. Well, my daughter got training as an EMT. She now works as an EMT, but I don't want to tell you what the pay is. <laughs> it's it. I think it's about sixteen dollars an hour. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's it's not exactly, you know, we're we're you know, got got a windfall of money there coming in to help pay for college, $16 <laughs> yeah. an hour, and a limit on how many hours a week they can work. But the welding does sound amazing. I know welders do tend to make some good money. Uh, so, Jana, I like that plan. Sherry from Springville, uh, what's your plan with your kids when it comes to paying for college? And is there any chance at all you're encouraging them to take out a student loan? <laughs> Hi. No, we have not done a student loan encouragement with them. My husband and I both did student loans. We worked and paid off our student loans, so I kind of feel a little, uh, you know, with Mm. that. But my husband was very um, adamant about wanting to provide tuition money for the kids. And so we have done that. My one son who was um, at school at Utah State, he was very proactive about getting a type of internship job in engineering, um, just for the summer, and then they would work with him part-time through the school year so that he was able to support um, himself. And then he got married, and after he got married, the last um, year and a half, we never saw any more um, requests, if, if you want to call it that, for tuition. At that wow. point, 
he started taking over uh, like all of his bills, Yay. like every last thing and literally dropping us from his life. And so, I mean, I felt really great because he felt a great sense of responsibility sure. for taking care of himself. Wow. Quality I, parenting I, right I, there. I, I did not know that marriage was the fix to all of that, but it makes sense. Sherry, congratulations. And it's awesome. Your son is doing so well. Let's get out to Gary from West Valley City. Uh, what do you encourage uh, the kiddos to do when it gets to a college degree? Well, figure it out. You know, you don't have nobody... a dis- no no discussion with them at all. You just like just well, figure no, it out. No, no, we've, we've had plenty of discussion, but there's plenty of options out there for going to college. And the lady that said her kid learned a, a skill, mm-hmm. a trade, uh, put yourself through college, uh, or find a job that will pay for your college. It's- does it make uh, it? Does it any, does any of this in this conversation at all feel? And this is like you've talked about, uh, Taylor. So Gary, stick with me here. Is that the cost of college? I mean, we need to take a serious look at that. Um, but if he goes to the University of Utah or even Utah State University, I mean, and lives off campus, that's a hundred thousand dollar bachelor's degree. Do we feel bad about so that at all, Gary? So don't go to college. Don't don't go to University of Utah. Go to Salt Lake Community College. Yeah, uh, you can get yeah. Four thousand a year. Uh, co- yeah, college college is uh, way too expensive, and they waste a lot of your time teaching classes just to give people jobs. It seems like okay. Yeah. Well, Gary, thank you. I think Taylor, you had a much different take on college being a, a waste of time because you felt like the experience. Yeah. So was worth I it. look. I entered college with this kind of similar mentality. Like oh. Gary said, figure it out. I worked almost full time. For the first two and a half, almost three years of my college mm-hmm. career, and I was putting myself through school, Debbie, but I, I was not having the kind of experience and opportunities that you were just checking a box. I, I was, and so on one hand, assignments. Yeah, on one hand, I get it, and I, I feel that you know, in my bones, figure it out, pay your own way, get it done. But then on the other hand, when I quit my full time job and I took out a student loan. And I was nothing but a college student. It changed everything for me. And you were able to get more involved in that politics. That decision and- led to the career I have today. Which is a lobbyist. Yes. Well, not just a lobbyist, Debbie. Come on. That's, we don't always use the L word. All right. <laughs> no, I, I'm a consultant. Own, I like saying I'm a consultant. Firm, right? Yes, I do. Public yeah, relations. but yeah. those opportunities that built my career came from being a full-time student. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.